0: As I share, you'll understand why. Just a miracle. I gotta thank Pastor Mike and Liz for the opportunity um, to trust me and Mary Ann today to hold the church down, so to speak, while they're gone. And they're just awesome people. I just love them. And I wanna thank our worship team and Marsha and Mary Ann um, for just setting the mood, getting us into his presence. And, uh, you know, I, what I'm going to preach about today, I wasn't really going to preach about originally, but God was like, no, you're not. You're going you're to go this direction. And I've been seeing the number five everywhere, which, you know, our church is part of a five-fold ministry. Mike's favorite number is five. I, I mean, I see it everywhere that I go in multiples of five I mean we're going to India and South Africa next March on March 5th I'm preaching today on the 25th I've just been seeing God's grace everywhere and so that's what he put on my heart to share with y'all today and um, I just want to thank God for that opportunity because when I had to sit back and think about this message, it, it really, it took me back on a journey. And so you get to kind of be on that journey with me, looking where God had me years ago and where he has me now. Um, so he's got five points for me to share. Um, Mike told me I had 40 minutes. I said, I need 40 minutes and 55 seconds, because I had to get my fives in. He laughed like that. He said, you got it, brother. So um, the first point that that is the staple of my life is prayer. Juan Carlos, those of you that got to hear him preach from Argentina, he came and he talked about prayer being the pathway to God. And there's a scripture, and it's not going to be up here, but it's always on my heart. It's Matthew 7, 13, 14. And it's enter through the narrow gate. For narrow is the gate to life and broad is the gate to destruction and it goes on to say that very few people find the narrow gate prayer is the pathway to that gate it's how we bring the supernatural into the natural it's how we talk to the lord it's how that our relationship is manifested with him and so thinking about that i want to share with you that probably nine years ago, I was in a very, very, very bad place. Very bad place, dark. My wife was in New York City. I'm gonna have to get vulnerable with y'all today because somebody in here needs to hear this. I was leaving I was out. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to go through marriage anymore. I just wanted out. And it was me. So my wife is in New York. When I break the news, she's on a business trip. And I want to show you just how good our God is. This story is a miracle with miracles stacked on top of it. She began to pray, thank God. Like, Lord, I can't change him. Only you can And from New York City, and from my wife humbling herself, getting out of the way, forgiving me for what I had already done, and just saying, God, you've got to intervene. You've got to step in. Prayers go forth forever, even after we die. They are not ever null and void. Sometimes you carry them out. Sometimes somebody else is called to carry them out after you're gone. But in this instance, I needed to be hit right then and there with the Holy Spirit. What I'm about to tell you, I did not know what was going on. I had no idea. Nothing. I wasn't walking with the Lord, obviously. Wasn't in church. Wasn't doing any of the things that I needed to be doing except trying to run away from my problems instead of running towards him. But my wife, God bless her, she saw something (laughs) in me enough to pray for me and she said, God, you've got to intervene. And text messages started going out from New York City back to Texas to pray for me and my salvation. That was the night that I came to Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. I thought literally, guys and gals, I thought I was having a heart attack in the moment. I started feeling really bad. Like the weight that Marcia was talking about, his glory came upon me, the fire of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what it was, it scared me. I tell people, God scared me into loving him. <laughs> <clears throat> he did, he did. So prayer is the staple of my life. That's why when we when we stand up here and we lay hands on you, we are expecting God to do what he did for me on that night in January 2013. So when we, when we say we are a praying church, we believe what we pray. When we lay hands on you, we believe that God's going to do something because we've lived it. A lot of us on our prayer team have lived it, and we're living it, and we see it over and over again. Here's the, here's the miracle on top of the miracle, and now I'm going to go to point number two. I'm going to read a scripture, and I'll go to point two. I didn't know Pastor Mike Cooper nine years ago. Didn't know who he was. Okay? You with me? Somehow he gets a text message about me and Julie. You need to pray for Charlie. He's off the reservation. He's got Charlie Beard. He's... So the, the first day we were doing our school of leadership development, God wakes me up. As Juan Carlos said, I, I, I can't put the time when you woke me up because it doesn't matter. There's nothing more spiritual about 5 a.m. than 7 a.m. But he woke me up and he said, I want you to ask Pastor Mike for permission to share the story in your class today. I was like, why? What's that got to do with our leadership class? That has nothing. He goes, I need you to ask Pastor Mike for permission. He wouldn't stop. And I was like, fine, I'll just send him a text. So I'm up and I'm like, hey, bro, no, no big deal. If you get a chance, call me back. So Pastor Mike being Mike calls me immediately. Hey, what's up, bro? I was like, well, I've got to share something with you. And I shared my story, and he said, you're Charlie. And you're Charlie and Julie? That's y'all? I prayed for y'all. He remembered nine years later praying for me. And God has me here on this stage today. That is a miracle on top of a miracle. So is prayer important? Yes, listen to this word. Out of Mark 11, I'm reading out of the Passion. Mark 11:24 24 through 26, it's up there, yay. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced. When it says convinced, it's you pray like it's already happened. It's in your DNA to pray that way. That you have received it and it will be yours. It doesn't say maybe. It says be convinced and I'll do it. And wherever you stand in praying, if you find something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. But if you will not release forgiveness, this is a big one and it was a big one for me. Don't expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. And so I ask you, church, how is your prayer life? Do you pray like your life depends on it, like God's, already, like God's already done it? Are you convinced? It took that moment for me to get it, but I got it, and I will never let that go. It's a beautiful thing. Point number two. After that night, God started working on me about false idols, idolizing other things in life besides him. What you got to understand is I come from a household that was below poverty level when I was young in a little town you've never heard of, close to where Pastor Mike lived in Bozier. a little town just north of there called Doyleen. It's a town of nowhere, population 10. <laughs> the, the only reason you go there is to either fish Lake Bistano or you're lost. I mean, you don't go there to shop. There's, there's frog legs, that's about it. But I came from a house of poverty and when I moved, when we moved to Texas, I ended up starting to get a job here, and I started making really good money, but I started worshiping it. I started idolizing it, not even, I had been told no my whole life that I never even knew what yes I meant. Mom, can I have that? No. Dad, can I have that? No, I can't afford it. Can we get that? I used to put candy bars in my diaper when I was a kid. My mom's in the house. I'm not lying. I used to take, she she'd go, where do you get this stuff? I was like, I want it. I knew you were going to say no. When I asked my wife to marry me, she said yes. I had to ask what that meant. Like, you said yes? What does that mean? I've always been told no. But God started to release me. He started putting it on my heart heavy, that glory that Marcia talked about. Like, I need you to do things for me, to show me that you're not worshiping money anymore. And there's a scripture in Matthew 6, 24 out of the Passion that says, how can you worship two gods at the same time? You have to hate one to love another or to be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. In Proverbs 3, 9, glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your first fruits. Not, it doesn't say your second. Or what's left over, it says the first fruits. With every increase that comes to you, verse 10 rocks me. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings. I tell everybody here that our place is a place of refuge, that our gate is always open because I want to give. If Mike asked me to do something, yes. I just want to give. Yes. I need you to go to African India. Yes. Whatever it is. Can you, can you help with the kids being the pastors of the kids? Yes. Whatever it is. But I didn't used to be like that. But as things started to flow, he started to put the, the vision for ministry on my heart for kids. And I was like, God, do you know me? Like, he doesn't know me. He made me. I was like, I'm not, uh, that's not me. He goes, yeah, it is. And so we, we decided, we started selling our homes. Like we started, we, and people thought we were nuts. Like, what are you doing? Like we moved from house to house to house, like smaller, smaller, smaller. Mary Ann came to visit Julie one day. She walked in. She goes, man, y'all are serious. Because <laughs> we went from this big house to the small house, but our smaller house had more love in it than the big house. Because we started walking towards him and get showing him we had to prove because Julie says this all the time God can't trust you with a lot if he can't trust you with a little. Right? I love, man, my wife's smart, y'all. <laughs> so <laughs> point three. God started to remove me piece by piece of my feeling of inadequacy and how I dealt with obstacles. Because let's face it, when you feel inadequate, or when you say, hey, I suck at this, or I'm no good, you can't hurdle an obstacle when you have that mindset, right? And so I remember, I shared this with Mary Ann. I love her. I've known her for about, she's been with me and Julie since the night, the New York trip. But I remember when I first saw Marianne and Tony at Grace, they were on the prayer team. And they were lined up. If you're facing the stage, they were like right there where that door is. And I had just met them for the first time through some mutual friends of ours. And I was like thinking, like kind of how like Mike and Liz are. You're like, there's no way they're like that. That's not real. That's not what I was used to in my household. I mean, my dad was not a very nice person. And that's a story for another day. But I remember meeting them, thinking there's no way they're that happy. I, see, I was I was already speaking death over my circumstances. I couldn't. I, I I was putting an obstacle in front of me just by the words that I was speaking. But what God started to do, I tell people, like I'm like that that Allstate guy, that mayhem that runs into everything, like, and I'm bumping in, but I'm finding my way. And God's like, ooh, ooh. Golly, that's not really what I would have done, but you got there. Um, and so they've cheered me on over the last nine years. They've cheered me, and as I've taken my bumps and my bruises and my scars, and I've got scars, physical scars, but they've been there. And what I've realized is I used to be out there looking up here at me going, I will never be on that stage. I will never bring a word. But God's like, no, 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 no. I had a pastor prophesied over me that said, son, you have a hot lump of coal on your tongue and you're going to speak and that your ministry will go beyond the boundaries of Harris County, which is where we lived. And now we live here. Right. But I was always like, never going to be on stage. But God had better plans. Stu Johnson talked about the feeling of inadequacy being the great paralyzer. Why? Because you sit on your hands and you sit still. There's a difference between waiting on God and wasting time, right? And we've been in a season on waiting on God, but instead of waiting on God like this, we've been waiting on God like this. Marsha, she got in her bare feet Because we've been in the season of the bare feet, the season of receiving on bended knee with our hands open because you can't receive what God has for you when you're like this. It doesn't work. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, out of the Passion. But he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will... Celebrate my weakness for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. Verse 10 So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted for when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution. Because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. I can't transform anybody. But when I connect with him, and he connects with me, and we're in alignment, he can transform others through me. And I had to come to a place in my identity of knowing that it doesn't matter that I'm a little shepherd boy from Louisiana that grew up with farm animals, that grew up with nothing. He, I mean... He has done things that I can't even wrap my head around just because I said yes. Because I I started to walk in a confidence that even though I know that I'm a broken, sinning individual, that God is still, like Marsha said, the master craftsman. He's, He's just cutting like piece by piece off of you. But you have to be willing to say, yes, God, go ahead to the next piece. Yes, God, go to the next piece. I'm ready. And so he's been doing that in my life over the last nine years. So what he's taught me is how to flip the script on the enemy. Because when God does something in your spirit, in your countenance, and you start, you start having a kingdom mindset, because where you used to see a grave, he sees a doorway. Where you see the end, he sees the beginning. When you say that you've lost, he said, you're fixing to start winning. Where you don't believe, you're fixing to see my glory. God, I'm a minority. No, you're not. You're a majority. It's in my word. You're not the tail. You're the head. And so I had to start walking and knowing who I was. So as, as this journey unfolded, as Julie prayed, and as I learned to say yes to God, I started learning how to deal with my inadequacies. You know, I used to choke when I would come up here on stage at our old church. I would literally feel like the life was being sucked out of me. I didn't know I had a fear of public speaking. I didn't until I got up there and was asked to pray. Pastor Rob, hey Charlie, would you come up here? I'm like, uh, and I'm holding the mic like this, you know, and I'm like, I don't know where that came from, but the enemy was like, you're not ever, you're not gonna ever be good at that. What are you doing? did God really tell you to go up there? Kind of like in Genesis, did God really say that? But he never gave up on me. He never did. Before you knew it, we we started a prayer team, then we started to get into kids' ministry, and God was just molding me over that seven years that we were there before we made it up here. But I felt so inadequate. I felt inadequate when I met, met the geniacs I felt inadequate when I would go up on stage. I felt inadequate when the kids pastor came to our house that day and said, you're it. I'm, I'm leaving y'all. I put your name in the hat. Now all those feelings started like, man, how are we going to do this? But we just said, yes, what we've learned is the more you say yes, the more he makes the way. He did not remove the Red Sea for Moses. He parted it. He didn't remove the obstacle. He just made a way. They tried to put all this armor on David to fight Goliath, and he didn't, God's like, no, no, no. So he told them, take the armor off. You don't need that. You've got me. He took the armor off, and he went and defeated the giant. He makes a way. If Moses can, you can. I used to stutter like him on stage. Da, 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 da. I did. Because I was freaked out. God's like, no, no, if he can do it, you can do it. If David can do it, you can do it. And he's saying that to y'all. Some of you are like, I'm never going up there. Don't say that. (laughs) I can never be a kid's pastor. Don't say that. Don't speak death over your circumstances. Look at them from a kingdom mindset going forward. Like, God, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but if you want it done, your will be done. Like, I say yes, so make the way, and I'll walk through the door. Close the door, Lord, if you don't want me to walk through it. And he will, and he'll confirm it over and over and over. He showed me that obstacles don't define you. It's how you walk through them with God that matters. Sometimes it's hard walking with God when you've you've suffered loss. It's tough. It's hard to praise in all things when you're down. This week's been really rough for me. Started off the week with food poisoning. I'm rebuking sickness. I have my allergies on level 10. It's been crazy this week. And I'm like, Lord, I'm going. It's just a circumstance. Your word's going to go forth on Sunday. God makes a way. He even uses children He uses goats. We had this stupid goat named Mohawk. This wasn't even in here, but I'm putting it in here because he just (laughs) dropped it on me. Those of you that know Mohawk, (coughs) we had this goat, all white goat with a white Mohawk. He would always jump the fence. He would follow us out the gate. He hated animals. He wanted to be around people. I come out one time and he's on top of my wife's car. The, the dude could jump. He was like a gazelle. It, it became too hard for us to keep him. It was too frustrating. One day I walked out and he was literally hanging over the fence, hanging by his leg. If I wouldn't have walked out there, it would have killed him. We decided to give the goat away. We had a family come, an elderly couple out of Camilla, right by Livingston. They had just lost their son. I didn't know this. Give them the goat. And she was like, "We just start talking about Jesus? She said, I just lost my son. Would you pray for me? Absolutely. I prayed for them. And I shared Deuteronomy 29, 29 with them, that the secret things belong to Christ. He had died of COVID in his 40s. He was young. And she had just been reading that scripture in her Bible study, her women's Bible study that morning. And it gave her peace to walk with the Lord through that trial because she was really questioning God. And God used a goat to send her towards a pathway of healing. It was nothing I did. I was just giving a goat away. But God knew. You know, when, whenever God put it on my ministry or on my heart to do ministry, I was like, God, how am I going to do that? I work shift work. I've worked seven days on, seven days off. i work nights, weekends, holidays. However, how am I ever going to do ministry full time or have a place for kids or leadership to come if I'm working shift work? And we went on a trip. We started homeschooling our girls. And I was like, hey, let's go to the hill country. Nobody's there. So we were going to take them to Concan in the middle of October. And they had this rain that they hadn't seen in, Years. so we're on highway 83 in lakey we get we call and they're like hey you can't get in the river's like six foot over the road and they're like you might as well go back to houston it's the part where god makes a way i didn't know it at the moment but the tension in our car started to get really heavy <laughs> and it wasn't his glory <laughs> i was ready to get out of the car I had coolers full of meat, kids in the back, and my daughter, Haley, said, Dad, why why aren't you praying? Why don't you pull over and pray? And we did. We detoured. We found a little bed and breakfast. Met a guy named Nathan Hebert that owned a little seamless gutter company, and I helped him go into town and do some work. And I was like, this is what you do for a living? He said, yeah, I just work by myself and God was like, ding. I told my wife, we're not here for vacation. God just opened a door, and my wife's like, what is wrong with you? You know, where are you, where are you going with this? But that was what got me out of shift work about a year later, and God's like, there's your answer. There's your way. That prayer that that child prayed, my daughter, changed our life. What if I would have said, nah, I ain't got time for that. We're going to San Antonio. What if I would have rebuked that prayer? Thank God that she said that because it changed not only our life, but the lives for so many people that get to come up there and stay and be a part of our ministry and use it for ministry for them, how we can use it for the church. I mean, that's because of a child's prayer. He makes a way, y'all. You just have to say yes, and you got to hear his whisper because you can't hear his whisper if there's chaos around you. Julie talks about that shalom peace, that peace that binds up chaos. That's the peace of the Lord. But you got to know who you are in here with him to let him refine you, to let him be the master craftsman of your life. Matthew 18, verses 2 and 4. Today I tell you, Unless you change and become like, a li- like little children, you will, it doesn't say maybe, it says you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. I don't know if y'all have seen when we have these th- our kids in here and they're worshiping freely. That's how we're supposed to be. If we want to get into heaven, we got to act like children. We got to have that joy but we got to know who we are, and we got to know that God is doing a mighty thing like that. Like Deja's son that ran up to Pastor Mike, and Mike just picked him up, you know. And Deja's like, "Oh my God!" And Mike's like, "No, no, no. Our church values the next generation, but we're supposed to be like a child, and we can't do that if we're not, if we're just moping around. Poor me." don't have nothing to offer it's a lie from the enemy pastor Mike acts like a kid more than anybody I've ever met in my life thank God what an example the way that they are they just smile like a kid they're like they don't they have problems y'all they, they go through trials with family and even at church and in leadership and from other churches. They've been naysayed in other churches where they've been, but their countenance stays childlike. They're like, yes, God. Yes, God. I can take it because with you I can take it. One example. Point number four. God is still in the miracles business. In case, you, in case you didn't know, I have seen him answer not only my prayers when I wrecked my leg a couple years ago. Where they said I was going to walk with a limp and not be able to jump. and Like when you see me walk, you wouldn't know, but I wrecked my leg. The doctor called me a medical anomaly. I said, no, it's not Jesus. Can we just call it Jesus? Like Juan Carlos said, can we just call it Jesus. Those of you that don't know the story, over a year ago, my mom was diagnosed with stage four uh, breast cancer and it was in her bone. Stage four. Yesterday, or about a week ago, she got her scans and her cancer is non-detected. They gave her estrogen blockers. Does estrogen blockers really cure stage four bone cancer? No. One of, her eyes, one of her eyes was swollen shut, and now it's normal. My mom's here this morning. <clears throat> Praise God. I know Carlene's not in here, but Carlene was diagnosed with metastatic disease, which is cancer, and she, she got uh, a, a diagnosis last week that her cancer is non-detected. Amen. I remember on a Wednesday night, Mickey, I know you remember this, Mickey's leg was really swollen up. I mean, he could barely walk. And I got a text from Robert, pray for Mickey. I mean, the Holy Spirit was moving. And I get a text, and we, and we went and laid hands on Mickey's leg. And then we had men's breakfast on Saturday. And Mickey, I, think it was, I think it was Saturday. You came up, and he goes, I got to prophesy. I got to tell y'all, these people just laid hands on me Wednesday night. And that night, my swelling was gone. Gone. Gone gone the same Jesus that brought Lazarus out of the tomb wants to do a miracle for you he does and you got to believe it I've seen it and I see it more and more and I want to tell you why because we have a church that knows who their identity is our church has a heartbeat our church has a belief we don't second guess the Lord here We believe because we've lived and seen and we're all just saying yes. There's so many ministries being birthed in this church from young adults, marriage, (sighs) children's ministries growing, prayer ministries growing. All of these ministries are being birthed out because people are just saying yes. They're starting to figure out who they are because the pastor of this church does a great job of telling them who they are. And he lets us lead. He's a leader of leaders. And it's amazing to watch. Martha in the book of John said this to Jesus about Lazarus. But Lord, it's been 4 days since he died. He's he's already decomposing. And the Lord says, he looked at her and said, didn't I tell you that if you believe in me, you will see on God, you will see God unveil his power. He looked her in the eye and said, did you forget who I was? Did you forget what I'm capable? You've already seen the miracles. But yet you're still doubting me in my, in, and I'm in your presence. And we do that. We forget, we try to do things on our own and it's a catastrophe 90% of the time. Or we we carry it for so long that we finally just say, okay, I'm done. Take it now, Lord. And he's like, I wanted to take it three months ago. Mm. There's more healings going on within the church. Some of them are private. Because people are still walking them out. But there's a lot of healings going on in this church marriages, relationships, how we communicate with leaders when we have an issue with one another. Because ministry isn't easy. If it was, everybody would do it. But man, when we work cohesive, when we're, we're, we're basically all we are is aligned with Him, we follow Mike's lead. It's a beautiful thing but he is still in the miracles business, y'all. So if you need a miracle and you need to be prayed for, I don't know how many more examples I can give you of laying hands on people at this altar. Just like we laid hands on my mom over a year ago and anointed her head and her feet with Carlene the same way, anointed her head and her feet, and we believe it and we claim it in Jesus' name. When I pray for you or anyone, I just want you to remember that from the depths of our soul that we believe whatever you're asking for, whether it's a son that is strayed, a daughter that is strayed, maybe you need forgiveness, maybe you need to give forgiveness, that whatever it is, we believe in our soul that he is going to do that miracle and i talked about that some things we don't have access to like yeah some of y'all work at a work and you have like a badge where you can get in certain doors well our badge we there's certain access with the lord that we don't have and it talks about that and when and i mentioned it earlier in deuteronomy 29:29 29, 29, that the secret things belong to him if he wants to reveal them he will and you can use that for you and your children To go forth, it says that. So we can't get wrapped up in why did God do this and why does God not do that? I just know in my confidence in walking with him that he's got it. If it doesn't go my way, it's about Yahweh. (laughs) It's not your way, it's Yahweh. And so what are you needing? What is it that you need to ask God that you just don't believe? Or you believe that I just don't deserve that. That's a lie from the enemy. Just like I couldn't used to come up here and, and even talk without trembling like I was about to have an anxiety attack. What is it that God's speaking to you? Is there something that you need to lay down today? Today? There's freedom where the Lord is, you guys. There's freedom. The shackles are ready to come off. You just got to say, Take them off, Lord. I don't want to carry this anymore. In John 8, this isn't up here, but the Lord just put this on me this morning in the book of John in chapter 8, verse 12. It says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever whoever forgives me will not walk in darkness, but will have eternal life. It's as simple as darkness and being in the light Is there an area of your life where you feel like you're in the dark? Is there an area of your life that you feel that God, I just want to say yes? Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a brother or sister. Maybe you finally need to just forgive somebody that you've done wrong or that you've just carried this this weight. God's like, just give it to me. Give it to me and watch me work. If I can do it in Charlie, if I can do it in Julie, if I can do it in Robert and Jamie, if I can do it in Giselle and Jason, if I can do it in all these people, I want to do it for you because you're his favorite. He knows how you are. He made you that way so you could have a testimony. There's power in that. He makes the way here comes the glory of the Lord so Father I just ask that you intervene right now for those that are struggling with something there's something there's some yoke that I'm carrying God break the yoke If you feel like you need prayer, if you need to come up here and be prayed for, we have prayer team members here. I'm going to pray over all of you. But today is a day of release. Today is a day of freedom for each and every one of us. You just have to say yes. I want to thank God because I've been coughing all day and I haven't coughed one time on stage. That's the second time that's happened to me, by the way. (laughs) That's so good. I have been coughing every 30 seconds all morning. I woke up like thinking, how am I going to do this? And God's like, just get up there. Do you need a healing? Father, I'm so thankful for this body, for this church, from everybody from the front door that ushers in the people, Lord our wonderful worship team our pastors the people in the sound booth the ushers the ministry leaders thank you for all the wheels that have to be in perfect motion for this thing to work Lord thank you for using me a little kid from Doylene Louisiana to connect me to a church in Livingston Texas Father, I just pray over the people from the left section to the middle section to the right section, the kids in the rooms in the sound booth and even Ty behind me for whatever it is that they're going for, Lord, that right now you release that, release that to them so they can go forth and start attacking it with you. Ephesians 6, put on the armor of God. He gives you every defensive weapon to put on, but he gives you one offensive weapon, which is the sword of the spirit, which is his word. God, we claim to your word. We cling to it today. Give us that word to go out and be healed where we need to be healed. Forgive where we need to forgive. For where we saw a grave, you opened a door for us. Oh God, hear our cries this morning. So if you feel led to come up and be prayed for now is your time if there's any prayer team leaders I would just ask that you come up if there's somebody here don't miss your moment this is your time don't sit on your hands folks open them say use me Lord take me do something for me right now I don't care if you're nine years old in here, and I don't care if you're 84. There's no junior Holy Spirit. If there's something you need to talk about, let's do it. Let's be free. Stop letting the enemy live rent free in your head. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for listening today. May you as a son or daughter of the Father know the true love of Jesus Christ and understand your true identity as a royal member of His family. If you live in Polk, San Jacinto, or Trinity County in Texas, consider joining us live at 8125 U.S. Highway 190 West in Livingston. We have services Sunday at 10 a.m., Wednesday at 6 30 p.m. Like us on Facebook, and if you would like to partner with us, check us out online at cotl.live.